it's time to focus here on CVS shares and the fact that they're falling after the company's report. Our panel is ready to discuss this. Charles Ray, Senior Analyst, Healthcare IT and Distribution at Cowin, and Julie Utterback, Senior Analyst, Morningstar. Thank you both for being with us. Obviously, we see big moves down here for CVS. The stock has been tumbling. Cash flow guidance is making people a little nervous. Fewer COVID vaccines and tests will really cut in to the numbers here. Your thoughts, uh, Julie, you first. Yeah, obviously CVS had an amazing fourth quarter, um, but as you said, that was related to the Omicron variant surge and some of their testing and vaccine programs that they got benefits from. And so almost all of the beat in the quarter was related to those COVID um, offerings. Um, so from our perspective, when we looked at the fourth quarter, um, it was great. Um, guidance came in just as expected, but um, for 2022, but um, that's actually going to be a decline from 2021 um, because um, as we uh, switch into 2022, some of those tailwinds from COVID are just going to turn into headwinds for the retail stores, especially. Also, um, we're looking at um, some minimum wage increases as well that could um, put constraints on that bottom line for CBS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Charles, you have, you have a, um, an outperform on this company, right? Um, it's not just COVID, too. I mean, people come in, they get flu shots, they work with the pharmacy. Um, you have a lot of over-the-counter sales. Foot traffic is something that I guess can have a varying effect based on the variant. More people were getting out if they started to feel better. Um, your thoughts on the outlook here, where CVS stands and why you have an outperform rating? Yeah, look, uh, thanks, Nicole. And, I, you know, I think the outlook for CVS still actually remains quite strong. And, and yes, obviously, um, Omicron and, and vaccines is going to be a headwind going to this year. You know, though, I think that was widely known. Um, and But it's kind of important to remember that, you know, boosters aren't included. If, if people are required for a fourth, fourth booster shot, that could be a net positive for the retail segment in particular. Uh, so there are things that are not baked into the guidance currently, which I think can be a positive. But the longer term, you know, the company is embarking on a, a new three-year plan here. And it's really, you know, if you think about the initial Aetna acquisition that merged CVS with Aetna, um, you know, to deliver sort of this promise on a vertically integrated care delivery. And, you know, the, the next steps we've seen the company take here is their new strategy to, to go into primary care. And I think as you as you look at this network of pharmacies, if you can bring primary care and convert some of these pharmacies more into primary care clinics, uh, you know you're going to be able to start delivering probably better care, deliver better outcomes, uh, really engage more in value-based models of uh, reimbursement and, and care for patients. And you know, and if you've got to remember, yes, I know cash flow guidance maybe was a little bit lighter than people were expecting. The company is still expecting 40 to 50 billion of available uh, uh, cash to deploy over the next, uh, you know, three years, and of which, you know, I think 45 to 55 percent they've talked about being available for flexible deployment, including M&A. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of potential catalysts as we go through the rest of this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Julie, your thoughts, because, um, you, you know, as we are seeing, Charles is making some points about primary care, and that was something that was in your note, Charles, a lot about that potential there, the updates on medical, you know, MD, there are MDs that are leading that going forward. But there's also competition in the space. There's uh, mail order. 
um, and others. I mean, capsules, unbelievable, bringing it to your home. You know, they've made just getting prescriptions very easy. It's just CVS is such a great store, but it's not alone in the space. Julie? All right. That, that is true. Um, I do uh, uh, have, I think that the stock's about fairly valued. Um, I think a lot of um, its mm. prospects are already built into the current share price. Um, but I do think that, you know, from an integrated care perspective, CVS looks like it's um, got a great strategy, you know, with all of their, their ubiquitous um, storefronts around the country, um, you know, obviously their top tier PBM, um, and then their medical insurance assets from the Aetna acquisition, of course. So um, that set of assets, um, while it's not 100% unique, there's a lot of competitors in each of those um, specific um, uh, end markets. CVS looks like it, it, it's the combination of those um, looks like it could be very powerful. Um, and so we would agree that that integrated care model um, looks intriguing. Um, their digital presence is also um, uh, very uh, uh, strong as well. Um, so we like the story from a strategic standpoint. We just think the stock's about fairly valued. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then as we take a look at the different types of drugs that are out there, um, CVS is dependent upon what it's selling and what it can provide. And in this case, Charles, you were looking at patent expirations that are occurring, generics. Um, where does it stand? And what you're saying probably um, relates not only to CVS, but some of the other names in the, in the business. Well, yes, uh, you're right, Nicole. And, and it's really about what drugs are coming to market. And I think that's one of the key strengths of CVS, which is their uh, PBM business, right? And within that, you know, they have one of the leading specialty pharmacies uh, you know, I think it grew north of 13% in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and more and more drugs are that are being developed are in the specialty category, you know, which is mostly biotech drugs. Uh, and, and those are very uh, unique capabilities that only a very few of the big uh, pharmacies can provide, which is, you know, if you think about a CVS, uh, a Cigna through their Evernorth division, uh, and United through Optum, there's really not that many that can uh, provide sort of that big capability across you know, all categories within the specialty class. And that's a big driver for CVS and, and a very unique asset, uh, which I think is gonna be another big driver. You know, that division this last quarter, you know, they reported a 98% retention of clients for this coming year. Uh, they won several major contracts uh, into this year. And, and that's gonna be a big contributor, uh, we think going forward. You know, it'll be interesting too, and I, and I thank you for that, Charles. You know, if they talk about shoplifting, um, we've heard some of the other companies talking about this. In fact, uh, CVS has had, uh, you know, a manager in Queens uh, hurt. I know that they've there have been some really, really big shoplifters going in there unafraid and hurting staff as well, um, not only here in Queens, but I've seen it um, across the country. And so anybody want to talk about how that could help the bottom line of this company or overall? Not so much. How about the how about the consumer? How about the consumer? Julie, I'll leave you with this thought. The consumer and how the consumer feels about spending in the store, you know, because they've had higher wages, but some aren't getting the stimulus anymore. 
Right. And that will be, um, you know, a tough comparable for 2022 as well. So um, it's something to think about that, you know, um, people won't be able to have that discretionary income uh, at their ready. Now, obviously, a lot of the CVS store sales are related to pharmaceuticals, drugs, um, things that, um, you know, uh, aren't affected by discretionary spending, right, um, typically. So um, I think that in general, the essential nature of the, the retail pharmacy is still, um, you know, very, uh, makes it a little bit more um, uh, or less susceptible to discretionary spending trends than some of the other retailers that we see. But of course, you know, that front of the store sales um, could be affected. Yeah, yeah. Julie, I, I, you know, I think we would all agree with you. I mean, it is an urgent thing that we need. It is not discretionary. You must go to the drugstore. And that's why they kept those open during the time where they shut down the whole New York. I mean, that was one thing that stayed open. It's wonderful to see you both. Thank you for our conversation. Charles Ray, um, Senior Analyst, Healthcare IT and Distribution. Cowan, Julie Utterback, thank you so much. Senior Analyst at Morningstar. Good to see you both on CBS. Appreciate it.